Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless everyone this morning. How's everyone doing? We are so pumped for next Sunday. But before we get to next Sunday, we got a Sunday that we still got to get through right now. And so I'm fired up to be able to share with you this message this morning that we're going to be talking about removing failure, getting rid of failure of your past, being able to move forward into what God has for your life. Look at your neighbor and tell him this message is for you. I want you to stand to your feet with me. And also, I want to uh, also point out a couple other individuals that sent in their, their tie this past week through online. The Ramos family uh, for uh, Albert and Diane, we so appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you for your consistency, your faithfulness. Linda Garcia, I'm just we have so many individuals that still don't come in to the church body, but are continuing to support the ministry. But people all the way from Florida that are sending in their, their tithe and offerings. And we want you to know we appreciate you so much. And uh, even though you can't be here with us, everything that you're sowing into, we're continuing to put back in to the ministry. And we are so blessed that you're here this morning. And I want to challenge you. If you have not yet filled out a notorious card, pick up a notorious card, fill it out in the foyer, leave it here. We'll get it on the cross. Now, this is a big thing. Don't just put their names on here. This week, invite them to church on Easter Sunday. Amen. Get them here. Tell them, hey, listen, I'm even paying for lunch for you because we're giving free lunch next week. They don't need to know it's free, okay? But you're going you're gonna to go ahead and you're, get here. They're going to get a burger. They're going to get chips. They're going to get a drink. Tell them, it's, lunch is on me. Just I'll, I'll take you to church, and then I'll take you to lunch afterwards. They don't need to know it's in the parking lot, all right? But just get them here. And uh, I tell you what. On, on Saturday, we have the Easter egg hunt. That's going to be great. Kids are going to have a blast for the community. On Friday, the Passion Parade, uh, we're going to walk right down Calaveras Boulevard, and we're going to be carrying the cross and just give people an, an idea of, who, of what we celebrate. Good Friday was bad for Jesus, but it was great for us. And so we're going to celebrate that. We're going to come back here, go over the last seven words of Christ. If you've never been to one of our Good Friday services, you're missing out. You got to get here for a Good Friday service this, this Sunday or this Friday at uh, noon. It starts at noon. So if you take lunch, you can take lunch, be here. And then we're usually done by about 1245 so you can get back to, back to work. All right. So we want to invite you to be part of that. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn them with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah 57. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put it on the screen for you. Today is the final message in our Build, Prepare, and Remove series. As we've been talking for the past few weeks about removing, removing certain obstacles from our lives, I believe and I stand here with all confidence knowing that I believe that we are going to see prodigal sons come home. That we are going to see a wave of people that at one time were serving God are going to come back again. And let me just say this. Mia, welcome to church for the very first time, baby Mia. Uh, we got Mia Bayona here this morning. We are so excited to have her here. We're excited to have you here as well. So let's get into the word. It says this in verse 14. This is uh, the prophet speaking a word of God to the 
the, the nation of Israel, a promise that they're going to come back, that after judgment comes, God's going to restore them. And I need you to know that many of you are feeling like you've been judged. You've been going through a difficult season. But I came to tell you that your season of restoration is coming, that your season of blessing is here, that God is about to come and everything that has been removed from you, God is about to pre prepare the way for you to be restored again. Isaiah 57 verse 14 says, and it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles. Everyone shout obstacles out of the way of my people. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus name. Everyone says Amen. you may be seated. I want you to know that we all have had obstacles in our lives. We have people that have left following God, left the church because of an argument, because of a difficulty, because of a death, because they prayed and God didn't answer the prayer that the way that they expected it to. But I want you to understand something today. There are many obstacles that have been built up. We as people have developed obstacles through religious uh, rights that we put things attached to the grace of God that God never placed there. And so we have to remove those obstacles so that we can allow the children of God to come home again. Come on, say it again, Pastor. I believe that we are on the cusp of one of the greatest revivals that we have seen in America. The Bible says that in the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not some, all, not upon the rich, not upon the wealthy, but upon all flesh. So if you are in all flesh today, somebody shout amen. I believe that you many people have been hurt. There's unforgiveness. We're, we're, we're de uh, dealing with sin, taking ownership of our failures, uh, the labels people have put on you, uh, difficulties and challenges that we face. We all have obstacles that we've gone through. But I came to tell you today that we don't get to choose what comes into our life, but we do get to choose what we call it. Just because you've gone through a difficult time doesn't mean it has to stay a difficulty. Because every resistance in your life can become a victory. The very thing that causes you to push harder for that victory. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've done some things that I'm not very proud of. I'm not as saved as some of you guys, okay? But I, I've had my, my seasons, and it usually comes out when I'm behind the wheel. I might be the only one, but I, I remember one time, and my, some of my failures, some of my biggest failures have happened in front of my kids. And then my wife just gives me that look. That look that just that disappointment, because the number one need of a man is respect. Number one need of a woman is love, affirmation. And so when I look at my wife's eyes and I see I've disappointed her, and I see my level of respect that I had in her eyes kind of diminish. We were driving home from a, an event one time at the Coliseum. And as we were coming home, I had a car that was right up on my tail, just on my tail. I'm like, I got my kids in here. What do you, what, what, you're, on, you're literally on top. If I tap on the brake, you're going to hit me. And I, I was getting so frustrated that this guy was right on me. And then I, when I pulled out, he comes right up next to me, acts like he's going to hit me. And then he keeps on going. Well, I did what any Christian would do. I followed him. 
I, 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 I laid on the gas. I went after him, and I'm on his tail now. And my wife is, she's pulling on me, and the kids are in the back just with their eyes big. I'm, I'm just flying down 880, and as I'm going down the freeway, I'm on his tail, and I pull up next to him. I finally have that, that area where I can get out and, and come up next to him, give him that real mean, godly look. You don't want this look. I pull up alongside him, and there's a little old man. You know what he does when I drive up next to him? He flips me off. And when I saw it was a little old man, I started laughing. And I pulled back, and Anza's like, see, you're going to make this little old man have a heart attack. He's going to crash his car, and you're going to be responsible for him dying. I felt so bad, and I backed off. The moment I backed off, I look in the rearview mirror, and I have Christmas lights coming behind me. Wasn't Christmas time. It was a California CHP that uh, came up behind me and pulled me over. He goes, Sir, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. <laughs> my wife is yelling at me, the cops yelling at me, my kids are like just shaking their heads in the back. We've all done something that you just. Come on, I, I mean, I, if we all got up and started confessing what we, I'm sharing one of the things that's shareable. I can't share with you all the bad things that I've done, but we've all done things that we're not proud of. Someone say amen if you agree with that. You know, whether it's, whether it's a sexual sin, whether it's greed, whether it's lust, whether you've lied about someone, gossiped about someone, whatever the case may be. Maybe you said something about someone and you regret it. Maybe you, you did something and you broke a vow, you broke a promise. All of us have done something. We're, we're fearful that our family, our friends, or someone's going to find out that we're not perfect. And I need you to understand something. That one, one time or another, we just didn't measure up and we ended up failing. And you know what? The Bible says for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. I can't point a finger at you. I'm just lucky that I'm getting in by the grace of God. We have all messed up at one time. Somebody say amen. The problem is, is that whenever we mess up, we feel unworthy. And I want to talk to you this morning about recognizing the difference between conviction and condemnation. Knowing the difference between guilt and, and being convicted to be drawn closer to God. And many times in our lives, the enemy wants to, con to condemn you for the mess up instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict you to make it right. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, I, wanted, I want you to understand this. Listen very carefully. Every saint has a past. But every sinner has a future. Let me say that again. Every saint has a past. But every sinner has a future. And I want to talk to you very quickly. Give me three points on how do we overcome our past? How do we overcome our failures? Number one, I want you to understand that your biggest sin. Everyone say biggest. Biggest, biggest Gary. Come on. Stay with me, Gary. All right. The biggest, the biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Please say that again, Pastor. 
Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't, it doesn't matter what you've done. Your biggest sin cannot compare to God's biggest grace. His grace is greater than your failure. His grace is greater than your mess up. His love for you is bigger than your sin. I need you to recognize that in times that we feel guilty and many times that guilt steps in, the enemy wants to bring you down. But I want you to recognize 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. We're getting very simple this morning. I'm going to be very, very plain in the message this morning. We're not going to get real deep because some of us don't need to get deep. We just need to get saved. We just need to get forgiven. We just need to get set free. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, everyone say confess. confess. You see, this is the problem. You don't, want to man, you don't want to man up or woman up and take ownership for your failures. We're trying to cover it up. We're trying to hide it. We're trying to delete our, our history on our computer. We're trying to clear all our text messages out of our phone. But that's not going to get rid of the guilt. It's not going to make you right with God. You can erase your history on, on, your, on your computer, but you can't erase God's memory from what you did. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What's it take? A thousand Hail Marys? No. Does it take how much I give to God? No. How much money I give to the church? That can't, that's not going to save you. The only thing that's going to make you right with God and cover that sin is when you confess. Our confession opens up the door to salvation. How many remember the Etch-a-Sketches? Remember those? No, those were really great. Those were the iPads of the, of the 70s. You wanted to draw something, you had the little, the little wheels. And only, they were great if you wanted to build a building. But try to create a circle. You couldn't create a circle on that thing. But whenever you messed up, one of the great things about the Etch-a-Sketch was... Once you shook it, what happened? It cleared it out. I want you to know that grace has that ability to step into your life and give you a little shake to begin to get rid of those memories, to get rid of those identifications. Some of you have things that are etched in your mind and your mind needs to get shaken up or shaken up right now because you got a lot of things that are etched sketched in your mind. I need you to understand that God wants to forgive you. Jeremiah 31, 34 says this, for I will forgive their sins and listen carefully. And I will what? Come on, I will what? Remember. I will remember them what? I will remember them no more. You see, God has the greatest memory around, but his power is so great that he says, once you confess, I will take my power and I will use my power to forget what you did. And that the moment that you did it, I'll wipe it off the face of the earth. I don't care what someone knows what you did. When you ask me for forgiveness, I make it clean. I make it clear. It's no longer, I etch a get that baby. I shake it up until it's totally gone and there's no reflection there's nothing left to identify you someone say number two. number two I want you to see that you are not what you've done I'm going to pause there for dramatic effect 
You are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. You know, in the seasons and the times in my life where I blow it, where I mess up, whether it's yelling at the kids, getting mad, losing my temper, or, or, or lusting or whatever the case may be, whenever those moments come in, I feel like dirt. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm just being open with you. I know there's pastors out there that walk on water. I'm just not one of them. I, I, got, I got issues. I, I, I mess up sometimes. I blow it sometimes. But that's what the grace of God that I lean into. That's what the forgiveness of God that I lean into. And so there, there's other places that they, they walk on water. I'm just not there yet. I, I'm, not, I'm not as holy as they are. But one thing I do know is that I've been able to identify in the seasons where I blow it that I recognize I'm not my mess up. Now, I need you to re- recognize Satan will try to personalize your failure. He'll try to identify you based on your mess up. Just because I, ha- I had an affair, then you're an adulterer. Because I messed up, then, 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 or, or, or I, I, I ended up stealing, then you're a thief. And then before you know it, he tries to identify your failure as your identification. And the enemy always wants to personalize your sin. He always wants you to be identified by your mess up. How many times have we seen someone that has gone through a difficult season and we have identified them based on what has happened in their life? Oh, come on, somebody. Talk to me this morning. How many of you have seen someone go through a real ugly divorce and now you know them as that divorcee? There's someone that has struggled with addiction and now you know them and you've identified them as an addict. And I need you to recognize that when God steps in, that God transforms an individual, that my mess-ups do not identify who I am. God calls me by another name. He says, I will give you a new name that no one knows about. Satan tries to personalize your failure, saying, I'm bad. I'm unlovable because of what I did. But you are not what Satan says you are. You are who God says you are. Second Corinthians 517. Who remembers that? I know you know that by memory. Someone has to. Everyone's looking at me because you don't have a clue right now. But put it up there to help those spiritual people that know the scripture. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Anyone who is in Christ has what? A what? Not a, not a restored person. I talked to you before about my 54 Chevy that I restored. It, it was still an old car that just had new paint, new interior, and a new engine. When God steps in, he doesn't take the old foundation and try to put new things on it. God makes a brand new thing never existed before. And so I need you to understand when we talk about curses and we talk about generational curses, the moment you come to Christ, you have no history. You have no past. I don't care what your father did. I don't care what your grandfather did. I don't care what the generations did before. When I come to Christ, I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Any new creations in the house today? I wish I had one or two people that just knew that they were brand new, that they're not identified by their past. New creation. I'm a new creation. 
Failure is an event, not a person. You got to stop identifying yourself by your failures. You got to stop identifying yourself as your failures and recognize just because you failed at something doesn't make you a failure. Satan wants to identify you by your failures. You're a divorcee. You're a financial failure. You're an addict. But God says, I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. I'm an overcomer. I've been made new. You know, in, in, in a couple weeks, we're going to be starting a new series called, now I love the Undisputed. We're, we're going to be talking about, about contenders that became champions. It, it's going to be a powerful series that we're, and we're going to be highlighting different individuals in the body that have phenomenal stories of overcoming. And they're going to inspire you to recognize you're in that same area and you could overcome as well. We even have a heavyweight belt as well that, that has CWC undisputed. And so that, that we're, I'm going to come in with that thing with my shirt off, jumping off the top belt. End up pulling some fat. Easy there. Not muscle, fat. So removing your failures. Number one, I told you that your biggest sin is not too big for God's grace. Some would say amen. amen. You are not what you've done. You're who God says you are. Someone say amen. amen. Number three, and this is where I close this morning. You can't change your past. But Christ can change your future. Oh, man, I just want to lean into that for a moment. Would you just kind of worship God just based off of that statement right now? I can't change my past, but Christ can change my future. Lord, we just thank you right now, my God, for that reality. I thank you, my God, that my past doesn't define me. My past doesn't kill me. My past, my God, doesn't show who I am. But, God, you can create a new future. I can't change my past, but, Lord, you can change my future. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, when, when, my, when my daughter was, was born, uh, Jazzy, on Mondays became our day. It was Jazzy Day. And she had this one little ugly doll. It's like a rag doll. But it was, it was all of fabric, and she couldn't sleep without this thing. She would get it and she would just rub her face in it and then she would hug it and then she would fall asleep. In one of our jazzy days, we went to the mall, her and I. And when I got back to the car, I realized that ugly doll was gone. We got back in the stroller, went back into the mall and looked everywhere for ugly doll. And we couldn't find her anywhere. And this was before Amazon, so I couldn't go on the internet because the internet didn't exist. It's how old I am. <laughs> Shut up, some of you guys are older. <laughs> but the reality was this, is that we couldn't, we couldn't find it. And I tried everywhere. We looked everywhere to find a replacement doll for her. And we'd give it to her and she would get and she'd throw it away and she would cry. And I was like, man, I'm dead. I'm toast. Ange came home from work and she's like, where's the doll? I said, I don't know. Disappeared. 
We had to get and have a conversation with a eight-month-old baby and try to get her to understand the ugly doll is not coming back anymore. It's gone. I need you to understand that in your past, that marriage might be over, that child may still be aborted, that relationship may still be broken, you might still have been molested. You can't change yesterday. Can't change it. And God, I wish I could. Wish I could go back and take away the pain that you went through. The disappointment. I wish there was somehow that we could like on a computer go and hit the delete button and get rid of all the failures in the past hurts that we've gone through. I wish we could do that. But the reality is we can't change our past. My daughter is still gone, for, passed away from leukemia. I can't bring her back. But those pains are still there. I can't change the past. I can't just wipe it out. But one thing I do know, that every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. I need you to recognize, I need you to recognize today that when, and this is something an 80s singer by the name of Carmen used to say all the time in one of his songs, when the devil reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. Whenever Satan reminds you of his past, of your past, remind him of his future. That at the end of it all, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And God's going to reign on the throne. He is going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I might have to battle today, but there is victory coming in the future. This is not the end. We're not done yet. This isn't over. I can't change my past. But my God can change and transform my future. Philippians 3.12, as we close, reads, I do not mean to say I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. Come on, somebody say amen. But I press on to possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. L listen to this part. No, dear brothers and sisters, I do, have not achieved it but focusing in on one thing. Someone say one thing. Forgetting. What made Paul so amazing? What takes a guy that was killing and murdering church people to now creating churches? How does he go from the one that's killing people to the one that's introducing them to life? How does his life totally turn around and write 13 books of the New Testament? How does this man become the pivotal character in the New Testament next to Jesus? One thing, one thing, one thing. I forget, I'm forgetting. Some of you need to have a, a short memory. You gotta forget the past. You gotta forget your failure. You gotta forget your mess up. You gotta forget your sin. You gotta forget your trip up. You gotta forget the things that tripped you up and messed you up. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive 
the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Everyone say forgetting. Check this out. This is what forgetting means as everyone stands with me. Figure I'd have everyone join you, chap, instead of you sitting down. Forgetting to treat with thoughtless intention, banishing one's thought to willfully neglect, to disregard with purpose, to leave behind intentionally. Come on, somebody, to cease remembering. This is active. It's not a one-time deal. It's active. Where you have to be diligent to forget. That whenever it starts popping up again, you forget it. When it starts reminding you, you put it back again. I'm not what I did. I am a man. I'm a woman of God. I am a brand new creation. What I did yesterday is not who I am today. Proverbs 24, 16. For though a righteous man falls, how many times? I don't know about you, but if I have someone that falls seven times around me, I'm going to identify them as a failure. But the book of Proverbs identifies them as righteous. What makes you righteous isn't the fact that you never fall. What makes you righteous is the fact that you never stay down. Like I shared with you a couple, you might see me struggle, but you'll never see me quit. You might see me struggle. You might see me go through battles. You might see me get knocked down, but you're not going to see me stay down. I'm going to get back up again. I might blow it as a husband. I might blow it as a father. I might mess up as a pastor, but I'm not going to stay down. I got another get up in me. I have one more round in me. I have another get up, another time to stand up and say, you might knock me down, but you're not going to knock me out. I'm going to get up again and I'm going to fight another day. How many of you have ever lied? Then you're an Abraham. You could be a father of many nations. How many of you have ever laughed at maybe a promise that God gave to you? Now that ain't gonna happen. You might be a Sarah. You might be the mother of many nations. How many of you have ever deceived someone? Some of you lying. You straight lion. You're prophet lion right now. <laughs> because if you deceive someone, then you might be the next Israel, like Jacob was. If you've ever gotten drunk, don't raise your hands right now, you might be a Noah. If you've ever murdered someone, either physically or with words, you might be a Moses. If you were a womanizer, you might be a Samson. If you were uh, committed adultery, you might be a David. If you denied Christ ever, you might be a Peter. If you were one that ever stole from people, you might be a Zacchaeus. If you ever murdered someone, you might be a Paul. But I want you to understand, there was two individuals in the Bible I want you to understand. You got Peter who blew it three times over. 
in denying Christ, not once, not twice, but three times. You got Judas that betrayed Jesus. Both were failures. But one allowed condemnation to drive him to suicide. The other one allowed conviction to draw him to repentance. I don't expect you to be perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. That's what the blood of Jesus is all about. You can't do it on your own. That's what the grace of God is all about. But I don't want you to be convicted or, or to feel condemnation. I want you to be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation says, I suck. I blew it. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. Conviction says, I'm better than that. I'm better than this. I'm going to be better next time. Bow your heads with me right now. Father, we pray for every person. We just speak the name of Jesus to every heart right now. First of all, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here right now and your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. You've gotten disconnected, You've gotten hurt, let down. Find yourself maybe to be after COVID just trying to find your way back to God. You feel disconnected. It's not that you've done anything because God still loves you. God hasn't moved. He's still here. And that's what you feel in your heart right now. It's a drawing of the Holy Spirit saying, son, daughter, I love you. Welcome home. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here and you would simply say, Pastor Dan, I, I just want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to count to three and have you lift your hand in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Come on, search your heart right now. Why run from a God that's only going to love you when he catches you? He loves you. He loves you even through your failures. As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, lift your hand high in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, God bless you. 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 There in the back. God bless you as well. Over here. God bless you as well. Online as well. You can just give us a hand emoji. We'll pray for you as well. I want you to do me a favor. If, you're, if you raise your hand on the count of three, this is important. Very important. Because what's born in the closet stays in the closet. Okay? But when you take that step of faith publicly, it lets everyone know, and even your family, puts Satan on notice that, you know what, you don't have control over my life anymore. So as I count to three, I'm going to ask you to come meet me here at this altar. Ready? One, two, three. Step out of your seat and come, come meet me here real quick. Come on. Give them a round of applause as they come. Amen. Amen. In fact, I want you to do me a favor as well. I want you to do me a favor. Ask the person to your left or right and say, if you want to go up to the altar, I'll go up with you. Just, just ask them. It might be your husband, your wife, your friend. Uh, whatever the case may be, go ahead and invite them over. Amen? Amen. Amen. And for, for those of you that, that, that are here right now, and maybe your failures have identified you. I know for me for a long time that it had, I was identified by my failures, by my mess ups. But God doesn't call you by your failures. He calls you by his purpose. 
you're here right now and you're, you're struggling with your past, with your failures, just lift your hand in the air. I want to pray with you as well. God bless you. Yes. God bless you over this side. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want you right now, for those that are here at the altar, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you now the way that I am, with my sin and with my shortcomings. And I surrender my life to you because I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day. He paid my penalty of sin to give me a new chance at life. I'm not what I've done. I'm who God calls me. I make a decision today to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Listen, do, do, do me a favor. Pastor Nick and, and our, our, our staff, if you've never been connected with one of our mentors, after accepting Christ, we want to connect you with the mentor. We want to correct, connect you with someone to help you in your walk with Christ. So if you would just follow Pastor Nick as he go, goes out that door to my left, your right. If you would just go ahead. If you have your purses at your, at your chair or something, you can go pick that stuff up and then go meet them. But I'm going to ask you if you would just go ahead and follow, follow them over there right now. And he's just going to, we're just going to get some information and then connect you with the mentor to help have someone help you in your new walk with Christ. Amen. God bless you. Come on, give them a round of applause this morning. If you're dealing with your a failure of the past and you just need prayer this morning, for those of you online, man, I, I just want you to know we love you. Until we see you next week for Easter Sunday, it's going to be phenomenal. Love God, love people, and let's change this world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.